Welcome to On The Way, a podcast to help you make a meaningful connection with Jesus every day in the midst of your day-to-day. On today's episode, we have an interview with Maggie Stiff, music director at Chatham Community Church, on how worship can help you abide with Jesus on the way. Hope you enjoy. I've had this song stuck in my head at the start of this week, and I'm glad I have Maggie Stith here to talk to her about it. The song is Christ the Lord is Risen Today, and I've been singing it all week because we sang it on Sunday morning, on Easter Sunday this past week. We're recording this podcast shortly after Easter, but here's the thing. It's the Thursday after Easter, and I'm still singing Christ the Lord is Risen Today. Maggie, you did this to me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, it's awesome to have a song stuck in your head. Have you ever had worship songs stuck in your head? Has that ever happened to you? All of the time. What are some of the ones that you have stuck in your head? It really depends on what songs we've done that week. Generally, the most repetitive one gets stuck in my head. Like the chorus of it? Mm-hmm, like Risen, um, the newer song that we did on Sunday, Coming Out of Christ the Lord is Risen Today, was actually the one that was stuck in my head um, this week. Is that the one, Risen, He's, He is Risen? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sing it here because <laughs> this is an actual microphone, and that would be a crime against humanity. Yeah, I just recently got it stuck out, unstuck from my head, actually. Um, it is not a crime against humanity for you to sing, first of all. <laughs> Okay. You know, that's really helpful to hear because I think a a lot of us who are not musical people sometimes feel like our lack of musicality uh, is something that we should either be ashamed of or uncomfortable with. And sometimes I think that makes us hesitant to worship Jesus, whether it's in church or in the shower or where other people might hear us. Have you ever experienced that or had people experience that? Yeah. I mean, so it's, sad that people joke about uh the verse that just says like make joyful noise um it doesn't mean that it has to be a pleasant noise um and people Mm. joke about that a lot um but it's really true um god just loves it when we worship him even if we don't have musical gifts by the world standards if that makes sense yeah that, that makes a lot of sense so what would you tell someone who has maybe a long history of feeling hesitant to sing in public and They found themselves back in church after Easter. Uh, They found themselves back in church after a long time away. And there really isn't any other place in our culture where we stand shoulder to shoulder with people and sing out loud. Mm -hmm. What would you tell someone who's maybe wrestling with getting comfortable singing in church? Mm -hmm. What advice would you give them? Yeah, so, well, for one, the people next to you are not going to go all Simon Cowell on you and judge you for your singing. And... That's helpful to know, especially if you don't know everybody, um, if you know, you're know new to the congregation. The other thing I'd say is worship doesn't look the same for everybody. Um, okay, could you explain that a little bit more? Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting idea. Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes worship is sitting in your chair and reflecting on the words or sitting in your chair and writing in a journal or um, just stuff like that. It doesn't mean that you have to be standing, clapping, and singing. As a worship leader, it's fun to look out in the congregation and see people really singing and really clapping with a song, but never discount the other forms of worship that are outside of just singing. Yeah, I mean, my personal definition of worship would be that it's our wholehearted response to God Mm -hmm. as he really is in ways that please him and that he makes possible. And so singing is part of that. 
you know, it's, it's a way to respond to God as he really is. It's a way that scripture tells us that pleases God. It's something that God has given us the capability to do if we have the capability to sing. Now, not everybody has that capability. Uh, there, there are folks who, who either for medical conditions or for whatever reason have been rendered unable to, to mm-hmm. speak with their, with their mouth. But they're still able to make joyful noises by clapping or by mu- moving or, or things like that. It, Ma- Maggie, when you think about worship, you've talked about worship as being more than music. We're going to circle back to the music piece. But when you think about worship, like, do you have a, a definition of worship or an idea of worship? Or if you're talking to someone who had never really thought about worship, had only thought about worship as singing, they hear you say that you could sit quietly and still be worshiping, that you could be journaling and still be worshiping. When you think about worship, what do you think is happening there? For me, I think worship can be defined as just taking the time to reflect and focus on God. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and that can be intermittent prayer. Um, it can be singing a song about God. I really, one thing that I really, really appreciate about um, just contemporary Christian music now is that there's songs that are about God's character and focusing on that in worship. And there's also songs about like how God makes us feel and our response to him. Um, and so I think that it's really important to just find a balance of those things in worship. And in that you're just taking the time to reflect on God and what he's done in your life and just praising him for who he is. Yeah. You know, and that actually, I think is something that for those of us in the evangelical Christian tradition, we are our prayer experience is formed around spontaneous prayer, right? Like not pre-written, not other people's words, but we just open up our hearts and talk to God. And for some of us, we get stuck in these ruts where we talk to God and we say the same things over and over again. Mm-hmm. We end up focusing more on ourselves than on God. And so our prayer lives can drift to stop becoming a place of worship and start becoming a place of self-fixation, maybe even of self-worship and using other people's words in the form of, of worship music, singing together, even congregational singing forces us to focus on stuff that we might not focus on instead, which I think is really valuable. I, I think left to our own devices, many of us would spiral inward on ourselves in unhealthy ways. And that experience of congregational singing lifts us up out of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I've noticed, this is for me personally, and I think it's for a lot of folks in our congregation, is that there are songs that I grew up singing, you know, that I'm, that I'm comfortable singing. Um, Amazing Grace would be one of them. There's some 90s uh, contemporary, <laughs> contemporary at the time, even though they're 20, 25 years old, you know, shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing, power mm-hmm. and majesty, praise to our king, that sort of stuff. So- mm-hmm. Songs that are, are so dated that uh, they, they actually sound a little bit weird now, but they're very special to me. And I think there are a lot of older folks in our congregation who maybe grew up before the rise of the contemporary Christian movement, before the uh, the rise of uh, the Jesus people in the 70s, and, and that, that, that movement that really kicked off really where we are in, in the, the CCM space. Uh, for some of them, the songs they grew up hearing and are most comfortable with would be some of these older hymns. And we still sing some of them at Chatham Community Church, but we also are introducing new songs to people. One of the things that I found is that 
I've got these songs that I grew up singing and these songs that I sang at a very key point in my life and my spiritual formation, and that I probably pick up one new song a year or one new song every couple of years. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here would be one of those for me. It's one of those Mm -hmm. songs that I find myself singing in my head and my heart during my quiet times. That's a relatively recent song that I heard at Crossway, I guess, seven years ago now, uh, six years ago. What sort of advice would you give someone who is participating in congregational singing with us, but the songs are unfamiliar to them or they're songs that they're not quite comfortable with yet? What advice would you give? Um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I feel like in those situations when you're sitting in the, or you're standing in the congregation worshiping and you know one out of the four songs that we do that morning, sometimes that can be frustrating. And in those instances, I feel like it's super important to remember just what I was talking about earlier where it's okay to not sing. It's okay to reflect on these words and just read them and just um, even pray during worship over these words that we're singing. Um, one thing that I find really interesting is I, I actually really love hymns and I've met a lot of people that either really, really like hymns a lot. They think that they're really rich. Um, they're wonderful to sing. They're just about God's character and they grew up singing them and they like them. And then there's people that grew up singing them and they associate them with sitting in a pew and just waiting for church to be over. Yeah. With a a tie strangling you Mm -hmm. or or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, those associations we bring to music are Mm -hmm. really significant. I remember hearing a story about a guy who um, couldn't listen to Ode to Joy. He just couldn't listen to that song because when he was a teenager, he would put that song on and use it when he was dropping acid and it brought him back into these flashbacks and these really like uncomfortable dark places. Now there's nothing wrong with Ode to Joy. This guy just had some associations with it that Mm -hmm. weren't particularly helpful. I think understanding those associations that we have with songs, that's a really wise thing. I I don't know that I've, I've uh, spent a lot of time reflecting on that. I, I think that'd be a really helpful vein. So, Hey, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, wow, I wonder what associations I have with different types of music and how that affects my taste in music. Because uh, some of this is just a matter of taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, taste is important, uh, but taste is not ultimate, right? Mm-hmm. There are always things in a community setting that we may not prefer. Uh, so so if I, if I was motivated to learn some of the worship songs that we're singing, if I was like, okay, uh, you know, I, I really want these songs to get into my head, into my heart. Um, what are some things that I could could do to learn these songs? Yeah, so definitely listening to the songs on your own just throughout the week. Where would one find them? Um, so they're on the church website. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, That's uh, Michael Gaffigan's Weekly Music Notes. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I kind of, I did that thing where you pretend like you don't know the thing, and, and but you really do know the thing. Uh, so every week, Michael Gaffigan takes two of our songs and posts them on mm-hmm. the church website with a YouTube video so you can listen to it and lyrics. And so that's, is that what you were referring to, Maggie? Yes, yes. Yeah, um, and so that's a great way. Um, also, generally, we tried to be pretty repetitive with our songs um, so that the congregation can get used to them. 
And so especially if we have a new song and you're like, wow, I've never heard that song before. Um, chances are pretty high that we're going to do it next week, too. OK, so, yeah. yeah. And and uh, so so that uh, strategy of repeating songs, it, it works in particular if you're willing to keep coming back. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to say, OK, I don't know that song yet but it's going to circle back around to me. Mm-hmm. Um, this is yet another reason why we encourage folks to make participating in Sunday worship as part of the community a regular part of their of their weekly experience, part of their schedule. Uh, there's, there's really, if you want to learn the songs, uh, showing up week in and week out is a great way to do it. Over the course of maybe 13 weeks, that song maybe gets sung four or five times. Yeah. And if you're there all 13 weeks, you'll really get to learn it and know it. It could actually get into your heart a little bit. Uh, on the other hand, if you're only there two or three weeks, you may get lucky and hear the same songs and you may not. Uh, that's actually, that's some secret stuff. I don't know that most people know that, that, uh, that we do that or that you do that, Maggie. That's, yeah. that's cool. Getting us some insider information <laughs> by listening to the podcast. Yeah, and also, um, you know, if you're at church on Sunday and we sang a new song or we just sang a song that resonated with you, um, please come up to the worship leader and ask them what the song was. So I've given away chord charts before to people that they wanted to know the song and they wanted to be able to look it up later. Um, So always please feel free to come up to us and ask. We love talking about it. It's it's what we love to do. So, of course, we'd love to just... Yeah, dive into a conversation with you about yeah. it. Yeah, and if someone and if someone found kind of the the earworm effect, right? So they're home on Sunday afternoon mm-hmm. and they find themselves singing, you know, uh, "Risen, He Is Risen." Uh, you know, they find themselves doing that. And they're like, "Wow, I really want to know what that song was," and they know I'm not going to remember to ask Maggie next week. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a way that they could reach out to you? Is there a way that they could could kind of ping you and say, hey, what was that song? Yeah, of course. Um, so my email is on the website in the uh, just the staff section. Um, and I'd love to get an email from you just saying, hey, I, this song went like this, and I don't know the name, and I don't know the artist, um, but I'd love to be able to listen to it throughout the week. Um, and I will shoot you back an email. Yeah, well, you know, and that's actually a really interesting segue into the next thread of questions I was hoping to, to ask you. Mm-hmm. Can, can I shift gears a little bit? Yeah, of course. So... Um, one of the things that I've found throughout my life is that my day-to-day walk with Jesus is at times deeply enriched by musical worship. Not not just the Sunday morning experience, but my day-to-day personal private relationship with God. Uh, back in March, when we had just found out that Amy had been diagnosed uh, with uh, a very treatable form of cancer. I found myself walking around. I, I was in New York City at a conference. I'm walking around New York City, and I'm trying to reach out to God and to connect with Him. And I found myself singing Juan Luis Guerra's uh, "Canción de Sanidad," uh, which is a song uh, essentially telling the story of the woman who had uh, been bleeding for 12 years, and she reaches out to touch the hem of Jesus's robe, and she's healed. It's a very powerful song, and. Uh, I'm just singing that as I'm connecting with Jesus and feeling that intimacy of worship in in that private moment. Uh, is, is that something that you do? Do you incorporate singing into your own personal, private devotional time with the Lord? 
Yeah. Um, a few, maybe a couple weeks ago, I was, I was just having my normal devotional time. Um, and there was a song by Stephanie Gretzinger that just popped into my head and I just randomly started singing it. And it's, Sometimes those kinds of things are really refreshing when you're a worship leader because you're not leading someone else in worship. You're just you're just there and you're singing um, to God and you're you're ministering to yourself in a way. Um, but also God is just ministering to you in that moment. Um, and so those moments are, are really, really sweet, especially as a worship leader. And of course, just, um, you know, in everyone's daily life, it's, it's just really important. And it's a really sweet moment. Yeah, you know, I think for for me, singing privately, personally, whether it's in the shower, in the car, on a walk, uh, I actually very rarely find myself singing while sitting in my chair with the Bible open. I, I'm more kind of singing while moving, while in mm-hmm. transit, partially, as I mentioned earlier, so that no one can hear me. <laughs> um, but I find that there's an emotional engagement with the Lord that I have that's different from when I'm doing Bible study. You know, I I read a couple of chapters of scripture every day Mm -hmm. and it's a very intellectual exercise. That's how the Lord has wired me. And and yet I'm also a very emotional person. And I think everyone has both the intellectual component, the emotional component, and both of those need to be submitted up to God as, as every facet of our personality is. What what sort of guidance would you give someone who is trying to incorporate musical worship into their devotional life, their day-to-day walk with Jesus? Yeah, um, so if it's something that kind of feels foreign to you and you're not quite on board with it yet, one really cool thing to do is a lot of times there are instrumental versions of worship songs that you know. Um, and so, you know, you just pull that up on YouTube and just kind of pray and, you know, read over that if it's not too distracting. Um, and then, you know, if you feel led, just start singing a song to the Lord. Um, it's just, there's, there's a lot of, um, different ways and different, um, what's the word? (laughs) Pathways. Uh, yes. (laughs) Sacred pathways. Uh Um, but there, there are just a lot of things to utilize, um, on the internet for that kind of thing. So, yeah, you know, um, I was sitting in Chick-fil-A one day mm-hmm. and, uh, I, apparently the Chick-fil-A in Apex occasionally plays Christian elevator, elevator music. music. Yeah, <laughs> that's a thing. That's mm-hmm. a thing. And, you know, and I found myself, I can't remember what the song was, but I found myself starting to 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 hear the words mm-hmm. in my head, even though I wasn't hearing the words with my ears. I think that's something that the Holy Spirit can use. If we have these songs stored up in our heart, the Spirit has the power to reach into our depths and draw draw those songs up to the surface mm-hmm. in the right time. In some ways, I wonder if this is a version of Paul saying that the Spirit intercedes for us. He groans with these these groans when we don't have the words to say maybe he produces songs for Mm. us and uh i think that's really yeah that's really helpful maggie so uh christian elevator music Mm -hmm. um using youtube and online resources to find music to listen to and just getting started i think sometimes going from zero to one is the hardest part and so and so if you know like okay it may not feel comfortable at first but just start, sing one song, and see if you gain some momentum, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. 
yeah, that's really great. That's really great. And, and I think sometimes people just need to know, oh, yeah, you don't have to restrict your singing to Sunday. Mm-hmm. You know, I think some, some of us grew up in church traditions where the sort of things you did on Sunday morning were reserved for Sunday morning. If you were going to listen to a sermon, you could only do it on Sunday morning. If you're going to sing worship music, you only did it on Sunday morning. If you're going to read the Bible, that's only available on Sunday morning. And that's not the case anymore. Now there are Bible apps, so you can have the Bible on your phone. Uh, worship music is available readily. You can even listen to sermons online from lots of people all over the world, including a huge backlog from Alex and Jaime. I mean, you could literally listen to Alex preach for the next year nonstop. There's so many sermons available online. And I think understanding that that Jesus wants to interact with us beyond Sunday, I think is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um you know, one thing I, I wanted to ask, and this maybe will be the last thread that, that we pull as we close the interview, is for some people, um, musical worship stirs up emotions that are very strong and at times uncomfortable. Right? What do you do in, 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 a, in your relationship with the Lord when emotions come to the surface and you start to feel overwhelmed by them? I think a lot of times when we're worshiping and we just feel this overflow of emotion, we're hindered um, by just fear of what the people around us might think. Um, And I just want to say to that, uh, we're just in a safe environment, um, especially on Sunday morning or at one of the worship nights. Um, The people around you aren't going to judge you. A lot of times the people around you see you and they'll be like, man, I want to be that free. Mm. Wow. Okay. Seeing uh, yourself through the eyes that someone else might see you, Mm -hmm. you know, it reminds me of something that uh, he's a little bit controversial, but something that Jordan Peterson said, he says, treat yourself like someone that you care about. Mm. You know, that idea Mm -hmm. of, you know, so if there's someone that you cared about, who's there in the worship service or who's who's maybe having a devotional experience in the living room and is overcome by emotions in that moment, you would want them to be able to experience those emotions. Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. I hadn't thought about that. That's really helpful, Maggie, that, that seeing, seeing yourself as generously as you would see someone else. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's helpful for us to hear also as people in the congregation to hear your blessing, to to feel strong emotions, that you know if I'm if I if I'm on the front row, I tend to sit on the front row, uh, and I have to sit down because I'm feeling strong emotions and I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. You're not going to be like, "What's Steve doing? Why is he sitting down? Like, mm-hmm. what's up, man? Come on! Like, you're you're not going to feel betrayed by me sitting down. Exactly. You yeah. actually might feel. Happy, pleased, excited, mm-hmm. moved that I'm having an encounter with God? Is that? Yeah, definitely. There was a, a week ago or a few weeks ago that um, I looked out into the congregation and on the same song in two different services, I just saw people just crying. Um, and it was just like such a sweet moment. I was just so encouraged uh, just by the work that God was doing in them. Um and so I never look out in the congregation and say, why is that person crying? This is an upbeat song. Like, what's wrong with them? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah. this really encouraging moment for me, and I'm just so grateful in that moment. 
Yeah, I, feeling the freedom to feel strong emotions mm-hmm. in the congregation and musical worship, I think is a real blessing. And they're not always negative. Sometimes the strong emotions are really, really, really ridiculously happy. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember um, uh, talking to one of our worship leaders who noticed someone with her hands up, her face beaming, just smiling, just glowing with joy in a song, like like radiant joy. Mm-hmm. And, and what a gift that was. Not only to the worship leader, but to the whole church, for someone to have this moment of, of glorious joy mm-hmm. in, in during the singing, and I think that's something that, uh, if our entire experience of worship is an intellectual experience, is an experience that's oriented around the words that we're saying, uh, we'll miss some of the emotional beauty that the Lord wants to bring and the emotional discipleship mm-hmm. that the Lord wants to give us. Um, well, Maggie, uh, the lawnmower outside here at the office is getting closer <laughs> and closer. So I think that's our signal to end the interview. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing your wisdom. Uh, folks, if you want to catch up with Maggie, as she mentioned, her email address is on the website, uh, maggie at chathamchurch.org. And yep. she'd be happy to share songs with you, to share input advice with you. I'm speaking for here, here, but she's nodding. Yes, and, yes, uh, I'm nodding. <laughs> yes. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.